yoga teachers, mindfulness leaders, and energy workers. Are you ready to stop side hustling and start making an income doing what you love? Welcome to the Marketing Off The Mat Podcast. Each week, your host, Jessica Cross, dives into conversations with successful creatives in wellness, business, marketing, and more to uncover practical methods to take your business from A to B and have some fun along the way. Grab some tea and pull up a seat. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the show. This is Marketing Off the Mat, and it's Jessica, your host. So glad to be here with you. Have you ever thought about hosting a yoga retreat? And then you were immediately met with all the reasons why you're not qualified. You have no idea how to start, where you would even start. Well, I've got an incredible episode for you today to help you get started. And I'm joined by the incredible Kelsey Majorian. She is an incredible teacher who has taught at various studios all over the country. She focuses heavily on mindfulness through the practice of bhakti flow yoga and on building a personal connection with your yoga community. She is a yoga retreat host and outside of the yoga studio, she's also a publishing professional. She shares deeply from her lens of starting her yoga retreat business. And she gives us a little peek behind the curtain on how she got started there are so many good tips that she shares. It's very approachable and applicable for those that are just getting started and also for folks that have been leading retreats for years. So I'm so glad that she's here with us. Let's take a listen. Hey, Kelsey, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thanks for being here today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the podcast and be able to chat all things retreat with you today. Yes, me too. I, I cannot wait to to dive in and chat more about retreats. And but before we do, I want to I want to hear a little bit more about you. So I, I know we heard a little bit in the intro, but I know that's just you know very very tip top of the iceberg. So tell us a little bit more about you and your yoga journey and how it brought you to today. Yeah, so I'll kind of go way back for a second here. Um, I had uh, started taking yoga classes in. It was 2011. Um, I'm was one of those cases where I had a friend that encouraged me to go try it out because it was gonna like help with my running. Um, and I went to a hot yoga class and absolutely hated it. I thought that it was it was way too hot. I was getting dizzy. It was just like this is not fun. I don't know why people do this. And it it was you know I left and was like I'm never gonna do that again. That's not my thing. And you know you wait a few days and you're like actually like that wasn't so bad. Maybe I will try it again and you go back and then suddenly you're going back all the time. And it, it kind of went that way for me where I really got into it for a little bit in undergrad. Um, so I was practicing and then graduated and moved to Chicago, um, got a corporate job and completely lost the practice. Uh, I just wasn't making time for it. I was getting into a, a nine to five and trying to figure that out as a recent graduate where, you know, you're man, this is all I do now is work. I don't have all this extra time. Um, and I had gone back to school in that time frame, and just, I spent, I think it was about five years where I really didn't practice other than like a little bit of some stretching. I wouldn't even know if I'd really call it yoga or I'm like, I'm oh, kind of, I'm not really on a mat or like doing any kind of poses, but at least getting back into my body a little bit. Um, and so I didn't really get back into the practice until, um, you know, fast forward five years, they had an opportunity to move to Florida. My partner did. So we decided that we were kind of at a, a time frame where we wanted to slow down a little bit after being in downtown Chicago in a busy lifestyle. Um, and I had told myself that like, okay, when I get to Florida, I'm going to go and, and get back into my practice and to go find a studio and really try to actually have this be a regular part of my life again. And so that was the first thing that I did when we got there. And lucky for me, the studio that I went to is like the most welcoming. Like it was just such a nice environment to be in. And when I was there, that became like my social place. You know, I was new to the area, didn't really know, didn't actually know a single person. So it was really nice to get into it that way. And it just very quickly flourished from there where I was at the studio all the time. I was still working in corporate, but outside of nine to five, I was just pretty much practicing yoga and 
and got really like kind of obsessed with it. So I decided to do um, teacher training after a couple of years of that. I debated it for a long time and thought it would be really cool and then took a few years to actually get myself to do it. Um, and that was the best decision that I ever made. That was in um, late 2019. And then, so right when teacher training had ended, it was uh, March, 2020. <laughs> so perfect timing to uh, to start getting into teaching. I was going to do a, a demo and try to actually start sharing the practice with others. And of course the pandemic happened and that quickly uh, did not occur. So uh, because I was in Florida, they reopened in June of 2020. So that's when I actually started teaching. So kind of in the grand scheme of things, I'm sort of a newer teacher since it's been only a couple of years. Um, but I, I just immediately fell in love with it. It was so nice to go and connect with students and, you know, at a deeper level than just being with them in class, that was really nice, but it was better for me to really dig into pra their practices with them and to see their growth. And I just got really, really invested in the, um, in that particular studio in, in teaching in general. Um, and then of course, another move occurred in 2021 to Tacoma, Washington, We've kind of been bouncing all over the place, um, which has been really nice too, though, because it gave me an opportunity to go teach out in Washington. So I did that for less than a year. Um, and now I have moved yet again, and I'm currently living in Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, just got here recently. So I'm not teaching at a studio schedule yet, but have been here for a little bit um, and going to start teaching here. And in amidst all of this moving around, I started hosting yoga retreats and that's kind of been a way for me to connect with all the people that I've met in all these different parts of the country and not, I mean, I could be doing that online certainly. And I do in some cases, but hosting the retreats has really given me that, that chance to reconnect with people face to face and to remain connected with them and know that in the future, maybe we will cross paths again on a retreat somewhere. So it's kind of been a, a long winding journey to get to, to this point. Um, but yeah, so I've only really been teaching for about a couple of years and, and it's been, um, just great. I've, I've really enjoyed it. So that's kind of a, a very long, a long answer to your question. No, that's a great answer. I, I love getting to know a little bit more about you. And I just love that you dove right on in in hosting a retreat. Like that is so inspiring because I know many people, maybe people are listening. I know myself, like when I first started teaching, I was like, Oh, like this seems, uh, you know, like hashtag goals much, much further in the future. And I yeah. just love that you were, I'm going to guess maybe you acknowledged some of that, some of that talk, and then you're like, I'm going to do it anyway. So how did you get started? And, um, like, I just want to know a little bit about your, your process and, um, what, what made you hit send on, on sharing that first retreat? Yeah. So it, it definitely was a big thing to get asked to be able to actually do it. And that's really like the hardest first thing is, is actually hitting launch on something. Um, when I had moved out to Washington at the same time as when I had left um, my corporate job and I was teaching full-time while I was out there. So um, that was in itself was a big jump, but I, I knew it was a temporary thing. Like I'm going to try this out for a little bit and see how it goes. And I was in um, a coaching group at the time. And it was kind of funny because I had always, like I joined wanting to host retreats and that's where my heart was at. And I was just way too scared to do it. I'm like, it's a big that's a big risk. And like, who am I to suddenly go and host a retreat? I've been teaching for a year. Like the ones you see, you know, on Instagram and social media are, yeah, they're like these glamorous retreats that had, you know, sell out that day and to see all of that. And then think like, I want to do one felt like a really big separation between me and, and them, I guess. Um, so when I was in the, the coaching group, I had um, one conversation in particular where my coach was just like, okay, you've been wanting to do retreats since before you would join this group. Like, when are you going to launch it? And that's kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, uh, I don't, I don't really know. I'm not, you know, I want to, but just like launch it next week. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. Like that's <laughs> a little too much maybe, but I see the point. No one is going to like, I, I think I said, realized that no one was going to tell me like, okay, you are now ready. You have done 
the amount of things that you need to do and now you can launch it. So it was really me telling myself that like, I'm, I'm the only one that can tell, that can say that I can go and do a retreat. I have to give myself permission to go and just do it. So I guess the, the short answer to that is that I simply just decided that I was going to host one and then was freaking out about it, but I was just moving through that and doing it anyway. And, um, tried to prepare like my mindset along the way for all the things that could, and certainly did in some cases go wrong when you try to launch something, especially for a first time when you're, you know, you're learning, everything is completely new and you don't know what to expect. So it was the best way to, to start was simply to start to kind of put the wheels in motion and, and just figure things out as you go. Cause that's really all anyone is doing is figuring it out as you go. It's a learning process. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so many words of wisdom just came from that single answer. <laughs> like, it's so good. Like I, I love what you said, but like, no one is just standing around waiting for you to come by and give you the permission in order to do the thing that you want to do. Like, right. That there, doesn't I mean, exist. Yeah. No one is going around and being like, okay, you have taught for a year and you know how to book flights and you can, now you're ready, go do it. Like you have to just decide that like, okay, I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. And I can keep telling myself that like, oh, I could go get one more, you know, specific certification or whatever it is, and then be ready at that point. But when, you know, to what end you need to realize that if you want it to actually happen and if like in your gut you really want to do this thing then you have to just do it and be okay with failure along the way um, but also you know recognize that like you're just as qualified as anybody else to do it even if it's not going to look exactly the way that social media portrays it sometimes it's still it still can be a fantastic retreat because it's your retreat and there's people that connect with you and they want you to go and launch it and kind of in service to them. So it's, you just have to go for it almost. Yeah. And you learn so much, just even taking that first step and launching the, the energetic match as well for, for the people that have been waiting for you to, to finally hit launch and launch their retreat so they could sign up. It's, it's crazy because people really are, whether or not we see them or not, they're like, Oh, it'd be so cool if Kelsey would, yeah. Take me on retreat. Like, yeah. And you know, some are talking to you about it, but like, there's other people that you have no idea totally. that, that are like secretly watching, you know, and the weird yeah. sounds weird, but you know, they could be someone that's like, you know, I'm comfortable with them. I really liked that particular teacher. Cause if you're going on a retreat, it tends to be that you really connect with the retreat host normally. Cause like, there's a lot of different retreats that you can choose from. And oftentimes I'll see that it's you're going to, you really admire that person or their teaching style or whatever it is that, that you want to go kind of hang out with them and do a lot of yoga and meet people that your retreat is going to be in, you know, uniquely yours and someone else can do something like that on the outside looks the same, but can be a totally different experience for them depending on their relationship with you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The, I love, I love what you said. There's so many retreats. There's a big, big market for it. And there's so many choices as students for us to make on, you know, location and content and, you know, whatever is included amenities and all those lovely things. But really, as you said, we're looking to make the connection with the retreat leader and like-minded people that are called into that experience, really. Yeah, definitely. And then it does tend to be people that are somewhat similar in some way, because they all collectively connect with that one person that they're signing up for that person's retreat, where it, it tends to be a group that I feel like just automatically gets along and like vibes with each other just because they all know you and they all are, you know, in some way connected to you. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. So you kind of mentioned, um, you know, something I think that's very, very buzzy out in the world and a little bit of imposter syndrome might've yeah. crept up when, you know, when you're, you were putting this out there. So how did you work through it? How did you work through your imposter syndrome when you're, you know, putting this retreat out and, and, and probably leading it at the same time, I would, I would assume, but yeah, you tell me. <laughs> no, you're definitely right there. It's, you know, like it, I feel like it pops up for everybody at some point, whether it's something completely new or something they're like comfortable doing too, it can still surface. 
And for me, it for sure did. Um, even when I thought about doing yoga teacher training, like I feel like that's when it had really started within the yoga industry because it was like, I don't, I don't know how to teach a yoga class. Like, of course I don't, I didn't go to teacher training. Like you learn as you're going and for retreats in particular, I think the, the best thing that had kind of helped me is that I realized that, um, all the people that I had seen on Instagram going and, and hosting these really beautiful retreats that are packed and that look picture perfect, that I can't compare myself to them and assume that if I'm not at that level, then I can't go and host the retreat because they all started somewhere. Maybe that, you know, process wasn't visible to everyone. Um, or they're just at a different, you know, time in their career and they posted a few, it doesn't mean that their first one looked exactly like it does now. So I think reminding myself that like, it doesn't need to look a certain way. I don't need to compare myself to other people, even ones that I admire and look up to, like they can do their own thing and I can also do my own thing. And I'm the, I'm going to feel this way, no matter what, like I can let that keep me frozen and not actually house a retreat, or I can just decide that like, this is going to be really uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it because this is what I truly want to do. And what I want to bring out into the world, even if it's just, you know, it's really easy to look and compare with other people. And I think just silencing that, um, I think actually one, well, there's one episode of yours with Devin, who I taught with it, uh, in Washington, where she had brought up muting, um, on Instagram or unfollowing. I, completely agree with that. I've muted many people on there. Ones that I like truly like seeing what they're doing and I admire them, but it was, I was recognizing that like it was making me not act because I couldn't do it that way. So I just wouldn't do anything then. Um, so being very generous with that, going through and, and muting those accounts that are making you feel a certain way about yourself and making you feel like you don't belong or you're an imposter. Like, who are you to be doing this, this grand thing? Um, and just, you know, it's protecting your energy a little bit, uh, and then just moving through it and figuring it out as you go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's, that's so good too. And oh gosh, I, I love Deb. I love that you mentioned, mentioned that episode too. Cause she had so, so many, yeah, so many like, good tips. Oh my gosh. So many good ones. And I, I think too, it's just like, as you're saying, like being, you know, mindful of what you're taking in and it's has nothing to do with the person on the other side of that account. They're wonderful. We want them to do well. Like there's, there's, it's just about, being in your own headspace and being aware of the media that you're taking in and how it's affecting you and potentially stopping you from acting. Yeah. Because if you're, if you don't feel confident in, in being able to host a retreat or that it's something that is a, a big step for you that like, then you're not going to do it most likely, unless you try to work through that and recognize that, like you can still do it anyway, without, you know, you have to kind of work on your confidence as you're, you're going through, but if it's making it's so that you don't act and you don't put something out into the world because it's not perfect because it, you know, you don't think you have the credentials listed out. You only have 200 hours instead of 300 or whatever it is. And like that you're just harming yourself in that case. And it's, it's, I think best to kind of figure out what you need to do in order to keep moving forward. And if that means muting people, then fine, you know, it's nothing about them. It's all just making it so that you can, can actually take those steps that you know you should take, that you want to take, but that there's just a little bit of kind of something to get past first. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I, I love what you said too about, you know, about, you know, the length of your teaching career or how many designations that you have, the letters and numbers that we all have behind yeah. our names. Like, I feel like, I love that you, you said that because I feel like we sometimes use those as uh, distractions mm -hmm. and, and keeping us from, you know, doing the thing that we really, really want to do because we say, oh, when I have this or this amount of time, you know, arbitrary has passed. And I, I love that you, I love that you mentioned that because I bet there's people that are listening right now that feel that very same way. Yeah. And then that definitely came up when I had only been teaching like a year and a half when I had launched the first retreat where for a while I was like, I need to be more confident in my own teaching style and being in front of a group and getting used to all of that before I can launch a retreat. But again, at what, 
what point is it where okay like now you are ready you can you can do this that it's not like a certain amount you know of time of credentials it's just deciding that that's something that you want to do and then going for it regardless if you're considered you know quote unquote a new teacher or not like there's no real definition of that and it's just going to keep you small mm, that's so good and I love too what you just said about like like keeping keeping you small and um you know this this whole idea that we have to have you know a very prescribed amount of time and about of designations and all of those types of things before we can even move forward. And I think you probably have learned a lot as you were kind of moving through that and you're beginning to plan your next retreats. So what learnings are you going to take from this past retreat into your next ones as you're starting to launch? Yeah, it's a great question. So there's, um, there's definitely some things that went really well. And then there's some where I'm like, all right, you know, this is, this can be a little bit skewed and change things around for the next one. Um, so I, I almost kind of, I think the main thing is that I, for this past retreat, I did it entirely on my own. So it, there was lots of things that I didn't think about of like how much time it actually takes to do like daily things, like literally putting dishes away at the retreat or I'm like, yes. there was no staff. Like I, I was the one that was doing everything. I was teaching all of the classes. I was hosting and doing the workshops. I was getting the food cleaned up. Like I wasn't doing all the cooking, but like, still there's a lot of other things that, that come to it. So there's those type of like minor things that you don't, I didn't really take into consideration. And then when I was in actuality of, of doing it, realized that that takes away from the energy that, that you can, the space that you can hold for the people on the retreat, because I'm trying to clean up the kitchen and like, you know, that kind of weird space. You're like, what am I doing right now? This is not, you know, what I I want to be uh, spending my time doing on this retreat. So I think making sure that there is some kind of help in that regard. Um, So looking at like venues that have a full staff and that they are doing all that you are there for the yoga part and to spend time with the people on the retreat and also to as best you can to actually have some type of downtime for yourself, um, I think is huge. It was uh, pretty much every morning and every night, you know, I'd be waking up earlier, going to bed later, trying to to make sure that the retreat still ran as smoothly as possible. Um, And it takes a lot you know, a lot of energy to be able to do that, like, you know, your physical energy, but also just that emotional space so that you can still lead the classes in the way that you want and the workshops the way that you want and that you're available for these people on the retreat and trying to, to worry about other things that I didn't see as quite, you know, they were necessary, like logistically speaking, but they weren't, um, you know, as giving as, as spending that time sitting down and like chatting with the retreaters when we were, when we did have like that scheduled downtime. Um, I w- and off of that, I would also say that downtime is a good thing. Um, when you're on a retreat, most of the time, it, the people that are coming want some time to like to rest, to decompress a little bit. It's a lot to get there. And if it's just jam packed with all of these excursions and lots of yoga, like that's all well and good. And of course you want that on the retreat, but making sure there's time to just do whatever it is that the individuals want to do. And maybe that could be journaling or doing some extra yoga or going for a walk or taking a nap, whatever, whatever it is. And being able to use that time for you too, as the host to actually kind of take a breath, take a beat before moving through the rest of the retreat. So, um, I think kind of it, recognizing that like, it doesn't need to all be me that they're picking a better type of venue for it. Um, instead of just a location and then being the sole like provider there. Um, and, and one thing for, um, the next retreat that I'm hosting, I'm co-hosting it. So that is new for me too. And I'm really loving it so far. It's just nice to have someone else to be relying on too, and to bounce ideas off of. And it feels a lot more collaborative instead of me just being like, all right, this is, we're doing this activity and I don't need to talk to anyone. I don't need to ask anyone. I just, I mean, it's nice to be able to make those decisions, but it, it feels a little bit more fun to me to be co-hosting it and planning it out in that way. And then I imagine when I'm actually executing on that, um, that it will, it'll feel a little bit more like a group thing instead of like, I need to show up at my 
highest quality every day, all day. And it's just me. And they came for this retreat that I need to run smoothly. So being able to rely on someone else a little bit too, I think will be, will be really nice. And it'll just kind of change the experience a bit. Yes. Oh my goodness. I I've, I've learned all of these lessons too, through my planning and it's, they're tough ones, especially when you're in the moment too, you're like, okay, like you're, there's kind of these laundry list of things that you wish you had thought of before. You're like, oh yeah, I would have been really awesome to have labor to do the dishes. So I'm not standing here at midnight. <laughs> yeah, cleaning dishes. Almost like dishes. Bed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, you're up getting breakfast ready and you're teaching the yoga at eight and whatever it is like just yeah. having, I think what, I think kind of uh, like an overarching theme of what you mentioned here is just like space. So having, having space with having labor to help like additional, additional support where it comes from logistics or, um, you know, collaboration with another teacher, um, you know, or, you know, somebody who's in a similar, like adjacent field even could be like a really good, good match there. So finding somebody that you want to work with and, uh, then, you know, making sure that the attendees also have space. So space to just rest and, Re, uh, rejuvenate and reconnect in, in the ways that are important. Cause I, I so agree. You want to, you want to, I think when you're making the agenda, it's kind of, I want to give everybody a lot of value. Like I want to just yeah. have so many things to do. And then you're like, gosh, this is exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm like, okay, I want to make sure, you know, they're paying whatever amount for it. Like I want to make sure that I'm delivering a lot for yeah. that and doing all the things. But anytime I'm also like on a vacation, there's sometimes where I'm like, I just want like an hour in the afternoon to like, just read a book for a minute. And maybe that's like, I'm, I'm super introverted. So having, yeah, that exactly having that time to, uh, to just quiet and like hold space a little bit and not be around everybody and around everyone's energy and talking the whole time. Like it is really nice, but I always need that, that little bit of a break to then get back into it and to feel like, okay, I took a rest and now I'm ready. And now we can go do this next excursion. Or if you're doing that the entire time, like you don't know exactly who's going to sign up for the retreat. And I try to strike that, that balance so that it isn't too overwhelming, but then you also are getting value. So that's, that's kind of something that I, I think it would change from retreat to retreat, just depending on what the setup is, but accounting for you know, our scheduling and really downtime, I think is, uh, is necessary for sure. Yes. For everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yourself and anyone that's coming for sure. Yeah. Oh, I so agree. I so agree. And I, it's, I love that you mentioned that you're introverted and I am too. And I meet so many teachers that are, so I think it's just such a good awareness piece, you know, as the, the leader co-leader, for the retreat, just to kind of, you know, know what your, your energy is, like, how do you move through the world and how do you recharge? And then making sure along with your attendees, they have the space to do that. And you do too. Yeah. And it like that for the actual retreat itself, we had um, the scheduling I had set up was where we would do a morning practice. And then there would be a journaling section afterwards. Uh, And that was normally when I was like putting the, like setting up the breakfast and getting the dish, like while they were doing journaling and I was waking up, um, before the, the yoga in the morning, super early, just to give myself that time to journal. And I was doing the same like prompt that I was going to talk to them about. And it was kind of nice because then like, I already had that time to center myself, to make sure that I could show up in that way that I wanted to as the leader. Um, and also get a taste of like what they'll, they'll feel later on when they start journaling on this and, and taking, making sure that you take that time for you. Um, if you do that, you know, outside of the retreat, then it's, I think really important to make sure that you're, I, like, I was exhausted waking up super early to do that, but I'm like, I know that this will help me. Like I need to just get myself up. And as soon as I start like just journaling and taking a, a moment there, um, then that would kind of, you know, that I knew that that would replenish my energy being introverted, that I needed that, that me time in order to, to show up the way that I wanted to. So recognizing that for yourself before you go, like what will, what can I do to ensure that my energy is going to stay at a high level or the way that I want it to throughout the retreat and not getting burnt out. Cause it is really exhausting to, it's so much fun, but it can be also very exhausting to depending on the length of it too, um, to, to really be on all the time, if that's not what your, your norm is. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I think uh, it's funny. I would, when I come back from a retreat and I'm like, God, I'm exhausted. I just don't want to speak for yeah. a day and I just want to sleep and, you know, not have a schedule of any sort. And it's funny because I'll, you know, I, I'm, I'm a yogi amongst non-yogis. And so I'll come home and they're like, well, weren't you just on a retreat? Yeah. Like, like is it relaxing? I led a retreat. That's yeah. <laughs> a little a different, different thing. I mean, I, I used to have the same thing when I was going to corporate trade shows all the time, I'd come home and I'd be like, don't talk to me. I need, yeah. I need like an hour or more to just like chill and decompress a little bit. And that's, I think a really important thing to know about yourself. Cause again, it's like nothing personal with other people. It's that you just need to, that's your way to be able to find that and or get that energy back and make sure you're taking care of yourself. If you're trying to take care of others, like that's completely necessary, especially on a retreat to, you're not going to lead well, if you are just so exhausted and burnt out and you want everybody to stop talking, like that's not, <laughs> that's not the place you want to come from. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You, you nailed it. Yeah. So when you're looking at your agenda, you know, look at your start time, make sure you have, you know, 15 minutes for journaling and coffee or whatever your whatever it is. In the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And, you know, figuring that out for you and then making sure that you're providing that space for the people that come, maybe they will use it for something really high energy. And if that, you know, if they don't need that downtime they don't have to use it that way. That's the beauty of it is you can sort of figure it out on your, you know, on the retreaters end. they can figure it out on their own and take whatever they need. Just like, you know, they do anytime on their bad that they can really push through or they could take it down a notch, like whatever works for them. Um, you know, after all, like it's their, the retreat is for them. You're hosting it for them. You want to make sure that you're holding that space and giving them options in that way. Yeah. That's I think so with the, the past retreat, there was, could have been a little bit more downtime. I was like, hey, this has been pretty go, go, go. <laughs> there was yeah. only a very small time frame. So for the next one, we will make sure that there's a little bit more time to relax. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that you mentioned that. I, um, when I write my agendas out for my retreat, I'll just, you know, brainstorm all the things and when I want them to happen. And I've, gone the past couple of times. I'm like, I need to go through and remove at least one or two things after I've done that. Yeah. You just get excited. You yeah. have all these things in it and that can like be great, but also maybe you don't need to do that much in one day. Like that's right. a lot of one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's such a good point too. I think, um, I see a lot of weekend retreats, like, especially if it's local Yeah, and maybe, you know, maybe it's like, maybe you start a little bit earlier. Maybe if people come out on Friday and it's a, you space those things out over three days or, you know, two and a half days instead of, you know, trying to cram everything into Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Because then also like you have to think about when you come back from the retreat, like you were saying that if someone comes back on a Sunday night and they have to go back to work on Monday morning, like that, they may be like, ah, oh, I don't know if I really want to do two full days of a retreat and like have that be my entire weekend and not have a time to decompress yeah. before getting back into their week too. Yeah, that's so true. You just, just again, we kind of go back to that whole idea of just space. Like how can we create space in our schedule, space in our agenda for both us and the attendees? It's really, really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, okay. As somebody who has recently gone through this, I know that you're going to have the best advice. So I have to ask if you are listening and you're a new teacher, I'm sure you're wondering the answer to this question. So Kelsey, if you had a piece of advice for somebody who's really interested in hosting retreats, but they have no idea where to start, maybe they've stopped a few times due to, you know, a laundry list of things, including imposter syndrome, what would you offer to them today and an encouragement to get getting started at hosting their retreats? Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. <laughs> um, I think that the main thing that I would say is to just be taking things step by step, but being very consistent about it. So that could look like, you know, as a first step, like simply giving yourself permission to do the thing to like actually get the wheels in motion. And maybe you are in a place where you can just decide that and it doesn't, you don't need to involve anyone else. For me, I had a, like, you know, my partner and I had an honest conversation of like, okay, I'm going to put money towards a venue and book this thing. Like, is the, can we make this work? Is this okay? Like I need to, I'm very realistic and I need to see things like laid out to feel more comfortable doing them. So we were kind of like, okay, like, is this something that is going to be 
profitable? Do I need to make sure I'm like managing my risk? What do I need to do to, to make myself feel okay with taking this next big step? Cause it's a huge step to go and decide to do that when you've never done it before. So it, it maybe one day you are working on that and figuring out like, can I actually do this? Can, you know, can I give myself that permission? Can I talk to who I need to talk to, to make sure that this is a safe thing for me to do? Um, and then once I had kind of gotten past that, I, I remember it was one day where I specifically went to this coffee shop and it's like, okay, when I'm here, I'm going to pick a retreat location and, or, you know, I have an idea of location and dates and I'm going to reach out to those people that, that have been like, oh, it would be really cool if you hosted a retreat. Like, are you ever going to do retreats and actually talk to them? Like, Hey, if I were to do this and around this time frame, is that something you're interested in? And taking it like absolutely with a grain of salt. They're not buying anything. They're not, this is just a conversation to put feelers out. Cause again, for me, I wanted to see like, will anyone actually sign up for this? Is there interest for it? Or am I just deciding that I'm doing this, but I don't actually have anyone that I think would even potentially be interested in it. So for me, it made me feel safe. And it also got some people excited of like, yes, you're finally doing that. I'm like, I've been waiting for you to host a retreat. Yeah. So it was nice. Cause then it was organic and it, I wasn't trying to like sell things to them. I was just chatting with them. Um, so going in and talking to those people. And then after I had at least a few conversations and was like, okay, like maybe none of these people actually come on the retreat, but like, it's been a, a positive response at least. And as soon as I had booked the location and the dates, like that was the first time you have to like put money towards something. And that for me was the main motivator to be like, okay, like I already started this now. Like I gotta, I gotta keep going with it. So it, it was the nice part. Like, even though I was feeling imposter syndrome and feeling like, what am I doing? Like, I've never done this. Why do I, this is a lot. Now I need to plan out all these things. But each day I, you know, kept sort of going through one big thing in the to-do list and just kept moving. So each it was only one thing a day where, you know, it's like, I'm going to look at the, like, find a chef today. That's, this is a big thing that I need to get settled in. And I just kept working at it. Um, and it, that helped me kind of keep the momentum going and not just book something and then like never talk to those people that I had talked to before or never take that next step. I had to be consistent with taking those little steps, even though like they're actually big ones, but just doing a little bit each day and to continue working towards it. And you don't have to have everything a hundred percent figured out before you launch it. Like you need the big things, like to make sure that you've got the place and you know what it's going to be priced at and you have a place, an area for people to go and click a link and buy it. But otherwise, like a lot of the things you can be figuring out as you get closer. And if you're going to wait for everything to be completely perfect, then that's just going to be another thing you Another thing you tell yourself to, to push it off more and more and more. Um, and the easiest thing is kind of just to be ripping the bandaid off and, and get it in motion so that it stays in motion. That's excellent Long advice. Answer. No, but it's such good advice. I hope um, if you're listening that maybe you grabbed a sticky note and just wrote a couple of those things down or you'll do it later if you're driving, but like, that's so good. And I love, um, I love how you broke things down into really digestible chunks. And the, the very first thing was just talking to people that you already knew you weren't selling them anything. You were just like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And yeah, it's, it really built your confidence. Yeah. Well, it was, it was nice because even if I like knew in the back of my mind, like this does not mean that someone is going to come on this retreat, even if they're like, that sounds great. But there are a few that were like, absolutely. I'm like, these are the dates I'm free. And we're like telling me like, I have a concert on this date. I'm like, okay, like I didn't, I didn't ask for like your full schedule, but like, it's, it's nice, you know, to see those positive responses. And then it being like, okay, well, I at least have a few people that like, maybe one of them would actually come on it. Like, I'm not going to assume that they're going to, cause that's the, you'll only kind of, I think, set yourself up for disappointment. If you think that like everybody that tells you they're interested is going to come on your retreat. Um, like I've been interested in retreats, haven't gone on certain ones, but I've, you know, said that I'm interested in them, that it, it was just a, a nice way to, to start to talk about it to other people and, and put it, you're sort of putting it out there because then they, if they're really interested, they might kind of be like, Hey, did you like, what happened? 
to that. I thought you were going to do that retreat. Like it's almost like an accountability thing a little bit too, that when there's excitement, it, it helps you build up that confidence a little bit, helps you get more excited. Like, okay, other people know about it and other people are seemed like they would be into it. And I need to just, I need to do it. I need to just go do this. And it, it kind of helped me get over that because I was feeling like I was just making it up and that I shouldn't be doing it, uh, that it, it gave me that little bit more confidence. And I think it's a good way to, to start it out. Cause it's all people you're comfortable with. And you already know, I wasn't like talking to random people that I never talked to before. Like it, it's a different kind of feeling. Yeah. Very approachable people mm-hmm. that you've already connected with. They, they vibe with you. They know you as a teacher and as a, you know, a human that they might want to like travel with basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that you, I love that you put it out there and in the accountability piece too, to your point, you start speaking stuff into the world and the momentum, like the wheels start to turn and people are like, oh, like the energy starts to move between you and the people that might be coming or might, you know, maybe if it's not them, it's, you know, their friend that they mentioned it to. It just kind of creates this momentum and that kept your to-do list going. Yeah. And then it also helps with the excitement that started outweighing the fear that mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, this is like, this can be really great. I'm going to, I want to make this really great. And I'm going to try to work on it and to keep moving forward with it, even though the, the fear was there, but it being able to have those conversations and, and to start putting it out, uh, I think it helps you get, get past that and just start to get excited about it and and recognize that like things are going to go wrong. Like that's, it's just a a fact and you're just going to figure it out as, as you go and try to plan as much as you possibly can um, but it's, it's going to be a work in progress and that's what it, it'll really be with any retreat. You know, it's no different with your first one. The only difference is that you just haven't done it yet, but it's so I'm true. sure it'll be the, the case in the second, third, fourth one that I host. Yeah. Every single, every single retreat's different. Even if you were to go back to the same venue or location, it's different people, different time of year, different activity. I mean, there's always going to be like a level of new, which is actually kind of fun because yeah, figure new things out each time. Yeah. That would be kind of a nice way to, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned excitement a couple of times. And so I have, (laughs) this is something silly that I do. So when, do you have like a little like happy dance that you do when someone books your retreat? Cause I do. (laughs) Yes. I for sure. am like, okay, I'm going to I, I do this a lot, but especially before I like put something out, like I just have a nervous energy. Like before this call, I was like, I'm going to like put my music on and just like dance around a little bit. I feel like it's the best way to just like shake, like literally be shaking things out of your body almost. Um, so anytime, like, it, especially if I would get off of like a consult call and I'm like, okay, like, I don't, I don't know if that person's going to book or not, but like, I need to just get this out. Or if someone does go and book and I get super excited then that I like physically move around because it, it just always helps me process it. And because I'm just, you know, get excited and want to move. And I'm glad that someone's going to be coming on the retreat and I get to connect with them and they get to experience it. And I'm doing the thing that I wanted to do and they are benefiting from it. And it's just such a, you know, it's a great feeling whenever that does happen. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely dance around. I do not have good dance moves. So it's probably <laughs> probably very entertaining for anyone to, to watch that, but it, uh, I feel like a lot of people do that. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, cool. Thank you. I, I feel, I feel a little less alone in that. <laughs> yeah. Not alone at all. If anyone, if your listeners are doing that, they're not alone either. <laughs> so good. So good. Maybe we need to choreograph like a reel or something about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be entertaining. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. So this is something I ask all of my guests, because I feel like, you know, seeing, you know, a a previous chapter or page in in that person's book versus where they are now um, is so helpful. And I know we've all learned things and you've generously shared a ton about, you know, your career and these retreats. And so I'm just, I'm so grateful for that. I have to ask though, this is such a good question. So maybe go back at any phase in your career, be it yoga, previous career, your corporate career, leading retreats, if you could go back and just whisper a little something in your ear that would help you maybe have fewer sleepless nights, less headaches, something like that, what would it be? I would definitely to, I would definitely tell myself to stop overthinking things. That's kind of my whole, like, I, I feel like anytime I come up with 
an idea or something that I want to do, I don't automatically trust whatever I'm thinking and I will think about it and think about it and think about it and, you know, just keep mulling it over and wait for basically for someone else to be like, yeah, that's a good idea. You should do it. And like people have said that and I still am like, I don't know. Like I'm maybe I, maybe one day. And it, I think I, so I'd say like, stop actually, like you don't need all that time to think about hosting a retreat. I've, I mean, I was thinking about it for a year before I had actually launched it. You know, I was only teaching like six months at the time for yoga teacher training the whole time that I, in those five years that I was living in Chicago, wasn't even practicing at the time. And was like, that would be really cool to do that. You know, like I had, I was doing nothing to make any moves towards it, but just thought about it and thought about it. And if I would, I think just learn to trust whatever I'm wanting to do and to go for things a little bit more, instead of thinking about them just to act, then I feel like I would sleep better. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be thinking about this one thing that like, I want to do, but should I, shouldn't I? And being that wishy-washy and, and just thinking about things nonstop doesn't, it's not benefiting me. It doesn't benefit others. Um, and it, it really all it does has done for me is just delay what I end up do. Like I end up doing the things. It just takes a long time to get there. Um, if I had, you know, done teacher training many years before I could have hosted many treats by now. And it, instead of taking so long to actually to take any action. So really just kind of trusting yourself, I guess, and, uh, and not thinking every single little thing through sometimes just knowing that like you can do it and you just have to actually take that first step and trust that you're going to figure out anything that you don't know yet at that time. Mm, Yeah. Trust and being able and willing to lean into inspiration when it strikes, I feel like is a skill that I'll forever be able to to work on. Like I always want to build that. So I can so relate to what you said is just, you know, when you get that inkling, you get that little, little small whisper in the back of be really cool if like listening to it and, and actually like acting upon it and see what happens versus, you know, I have lots of experience and overthinking. Sounds like you do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to compare to like what, what would, what would change like pretty much everything. Yeah. Like all these things that you've thought about doing forever. Like imagine if you did those when you first started thinking about it, or even like maybe a little bit after instead of yeah. thinking about it for months, years, whatever it is that it just, and it, the more you're, you're actually taking those steps. I feel like that helps with your confidence too. Of like, okay, I never thought I could do that. And I did that. So like, let me just keep this going. And, and I, I think now, even, you know, after recently doing this retreat, like I'm already a little bit more confident in what I can do for the next one and not not worrying about, should I do this? Should I not like just going for it instead and, and trusting myself a little bit more in the, in the process of it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Well, it's so speaking of upcoming retreats, tell us a little bit yeah. about what you have coming up. Yeah. So the next retreat that I have is, uh, it's in 2023 and, uh, it's June 13th to 18th in Costa Rica, um, which going back to imposter syndrome was kind of like, oh, it's an international retreat. That's crazy. What, like, you know, you've only, you haven't done that. Um, that it's another one where like, you know, I've always wanted to go to Costa Rica. I'm co-hosting it, um, with a friend that has wanted to go there as well. And we're both super excited to actually have that come to fruition and spend this time where you're, you know, you're doing a lot. We're going to be doing yoga in this pavilion that's like in the rainforest and it's this open air one. It looks so cool. And to really be connected kind of into nature, um, and doing, again, doing something that you've always wanted to go in and do, and just deciding that like, yeah, I'm going to host a retreat in Costa Rica and it's going to be awesome. So that's the one that, um, that is coming up, uh, for next year. That's the only one planned out right now. Um, there will be, you know, probably one a year, maybe one or two a year as I go. Um, but that's the the next one coming up. I'm so excited about. Oh, we're, we're so excited too. So we'll definitely grab the link from you so we can put it into the show notes. If people want to meet you, hang out with you, 
enjoy an incredible Costa Rica retreat with you and your retreat partner that they'll be able to find that. And then we want to know more about you. So how can we hang out? Like what's your website? What's your social handles? All the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, all the info for Costa Rica is, um, you'll find it on my Instagram, but the, the specific details are on my website, which is just kelseymyoga.com. Um, Instagram, my handle is kelsey.merjoyan. I'll spell it cause it's confusing. It's, uh, M R J O I A N. Um, and then I, I do have some videos up on YouTube, just Kelsey Merjoyan. Um, but most of the time I'm, I'm hanging out on Instagram. So you can definitely check me out there and can, I love to connect and chat with people there. Um, and you know, me answering any other questions. I'm, I love this kind of stuff and being able to talk about retreats and part of what I'm really interested in is making sure that other teachers feel comfortable and confident enough in themselves to do it too. So definitely connect with me over there and I'd love to, to chat with any of your listeners on over on Instagram. Oh my gosh. Yes. Everyone head over, go follow Kelsey. I talk to her all the time in the DMs. <laughs> That's how we met. So I'm just so glad that you know, these platforms exist so we can have these connections and yes, everybody listening, just go follow her, check out her retreats, send her any questions that you have about your retreats and, um, and just stay connected there too. And I'm just so glad that that connection continued so we could have you on the show and I'm just grateful for your time and all of your wisdom. It's been so much fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun to be able to, to chat all the retreat things. And I'm also super glad that we were able to connect on Instagram and it's, you know, social media can be great for these kinds of things. So Can't it? Thank yeah. you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Such a great chat. I absolutely love Kelsey. This is so much fun. Definitely check out the show notes because I have links to her upcoming yoga retreat in Costa Rica. In addition to her Instagram handle and her website, if you'd like to connect with her more deeply. And then also send me a DM on Instagram. It's at jessicacross.co. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know if there are other episodes that you're dreaming up that you would love for me to cover. I'm always open to your feedback. In any case, I hope that you keep showing up for your business and we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care till then. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Off the Mat podcast and give yourself some gratitude for taking action in your wellness business journey. Please share this episode with someone you know who could use a fresh dose of inspiration. And we'd be thrilled if you would rate, review, and subscribe to Marketing Off the Mat on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to share an idea with Jessica? DM her at jessicacross.co on Instagram to continue the conversation or find out how she can help you take the next right step in your business. Until next time, stay inspired and keep showing up.